This is a place for storytellers, a place where thoughts, dreams, and ideas come to life. Join me on my journey to unearth the real stories behind real people. No labels, they're just humans. Hello there. How's it going, everyone? It's been a season, hasn't it? We have had Thanksgiving, and we're just in the thick of the holiday-ness. So, I hope everyone's hanging in there, because, you know, this time of year can be a lot. But today is an exciting day, because I have someone on that I have been dying to talk to, and also a little bit nervous to talk to. Let's be honest, I get nervous talking to most people. So today my guest is Kaylee Grant, and she swims with sharks. I don't even know what else to say, so I'm not going to say anything else, and we're just going to jump into the episode so that she can tell you all the things about her life and the sharks that she swims with, (laughs) which I am extremely envious of and also extremely terrified of. And just a friendly reminder that these are adult conversations and I am not a therapist nor a medical professional and none of this is meant to be advice. Take care while listening. Hello. Mahalo. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you great. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Like we, we do not know each other. So just complete, <laughs> complete strangers. Um, okay. Of a combo with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we're both human, right? So we share that. And this is about learning about each other because that way we can grow and maybe leave this place better than how we came into it. Um, so yeah, thank you for being here and for responding to my, you know, random message about, hey, you want to chat about deep, vulnerable stuff? <laughs> um, yeah, so cool. I love the concept. Yes, I just, I've always wondered what makes us so different and have acknowledged the fact that we are just so different. And I and I find that through our stories, we can find some some likenesses to our this crazy human life we're living. Um, and actually, one of my guests, one of my Lego friends, shout out Martin Harris, he was on the podcast, and one of his stories involved dolphins. And we started talking about the ocean, and he was talking about Hawaii, and like I was talking about how I love the ocean, but I'm completely terrified by so many things. <laughs> and uh, we started to talk about sharks, and then he sent me some video from you and he's like check out this girl and I'm like so that that is it that's how this came to be was through all of that and so now I'm like I gotta reach out that's awesome I love to hear that so I know a little bit about you I of course follow you but I'm gonna let you introduce yourself so that I don't do a disservice to you yeah no worries um aloha everyone I'm Kaylee Grant And I live in Kona, Hawaii. I own a company called Kaimana Ocean Safari, where I am privileged enough to be able to take people 
out on the ocean every day so they can learn about marine life and potentially interact with marine life so that hopefully they will fall in love with the ocean and its inhabitants and maybe want to join the cause in saving and protecting the ocean. Mm, You grew up in Philly? I did, yeah. I'm from the East Coast originally, um, right outside of Philly, actually, Bucks County. And I would grow up going to the Jersey Shore every summer. Not quite as glamorous as Hawaii, but definitely has my heart at the same time. Um, And my dad would take me whale watching out of Massachusetts. And I just absolutely loved the ocean. Um, I grew up in like the era of the Little Mermaid and Free Willy. So I was always watching those on repeat and just, yeah, I thought the ocean was super cool. Like kind of the unknown, the exploration, the imagination, the mystery of it all. And um, as I got older, of course, life kind of took over and was like, okay, you know, find a job, like go to school and all of these things. So I, I knew that I had a wandering heart and I went to school at Temple University and I went for ecotourism. Didn't really know that all of this would eventually bring me back to the ocean when I moved to Hawaii after graduating. I just kind of was like, I'm in tourism. Like I want to go somewhere that is beautiful. Why not? Like I want to get out of my hometown and go explore and see what's out there. And Hawaii sounded like a good idea. And uh, I had a friend that was living out here and he's like, yeah, you can crash on my couch for the first bit till you get on your feet. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I started like about a year after I moved, I started with scuba diving. So I, cause you know, we're surrounded by the ocean. So I was like, okay, let's, let's get in there. And so I started with scuba diving and, you know, being able to breathe underwater is like everybody's, or at least it was my dream as a kid, like growing up in my dad's swimming pool, like you want to be able to just stay under as long as you can. So that was like very fulfilling. And I ended up getting my dive master from there, working in scuba diving for a while. Then I got a job working with sharks specifically, which was great, and kind of getting more into the free diving aspect, sort of just holding your breath and um, less gear and just more in the element as like a human in nature. And uh, that was really awesome. Then in 2020, my husband Cam and I started this company over here in Kona. And so we moved to the big island from Oahu and yeah, we've been doing this for coming up on the fourth year now in April and it's been an amazing journey. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you were in Kona. Now I can see more things. It's like making it more real for me because that's the only part of Hawaii I know. It's a bit um, different than Oahu. I really enjoyed my time on Oahu and every island is so beautiful and has such a unique different energy to it. Um, But the big island is super dynamic. There's so many different ecosystems on one island and you can be on top of Mauna Kea and see snow. You can be in the most beautiful, clearest blue ocean. And then you can also be standing on an active volcano all in like one day. So 
it's a really special place. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii is just a magical, just enigma kind of like, there's nothing like it. It it truly is uh, a spectacle. Talk about like, um, like jumping in the net will appear like you went for it. You just like went to Hawaii. I mean, (laughs) that's like a lot. Yeah, I actually love like that phrase. Um, And I used to really not that I don't anymore, but I especially at that time in my life was just like, really believed that everything would work out and like, just go for it. And, um, yeah, I was traveling a bit during my time in college and I went to Ecuador, Nicaragua and Costa Rica, and I was doing some volunteering and, um, just going to these places by myself and, I fell in love with traveling. Just, I think there's something so life-changing about getting to experience other cultures and really like being immersed in that. And I was like, I want to do that forever. Mm. I still love traveling so much, but Hawaii was just like, perfect. Like I'm in the U S and, um, can be immersed in sort of a different culture, but also, you know, still in the same country and it's such a special place like you said it's an enigma like people come here and their lives are changed even just on a vacation you know people get to experience the aloha spirit and just the beauty all around the energy is just like it's so great and yeah i feel like people will often bring that home with them and to be honest when i moved here i didn't have any expectation of how long I would be here. I was really just like fresh out of college. Let's move. Let's go see. And I kind of thought I would go to Australia next because um, I know like when you're a bit younger, under 30 or something, they allow you to come in and kind of work and it's super easy to get a visa that way. So that was sort of my rough plan, but I got here and I just fell in love with all the things I mentioned and the ocean, the, the energy, beautiful people, and the aloha spirit, and I, it, I just ended up staying. Mm. Oh, what a dream! Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, does all your family still live on the east coast, or for the most part? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's they a, do. That's a so, if, I make the trek every once in a while, but I try to get them to come visit me. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather go see you anyway. I mean, maybe there's things you miss about the east coast, but um, yeah, yeah, like, but maybe you don't. Have you ever had an experience in life when you had to be brave? Yeah, absolutely. And like you were saying, I feel like that's one of the things that really connects everyone. We've all had, you know, trials and tribulations in our lives and moments that, you know, have shaken us to our core. And yeah, I think we can all relate to feeling those emotions. And I think a really common theme for me in my life when having to be really brave is during times of loss. I've experienced a lot of loss with friends and family passing away. Um, On the East Coast, there is a drug epidemic and it 
claims lives way too soon. And I've lost everyone from my best friend at 18, another best friend shortly after, um, several other friends, um, my brother, my stepdad, so immediate family as well, um, and other loss for other reasons. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's absolutely terrible. And when you lose someone, there's a lot of fear in that, obviously, and, and so much sadness and grief and all of those stages, but it really does force you to be brave. And for me, luckily, I do have faith, um, not maybe in a traditional sense, but in like the universe and the fact that they're still with me and still like their energy is still around me. And I see that and I feel that when I'm in nature and, and different moments through life. But yeah, I just really had to, you know, be brave in those moments. And it's such a process. And when you lose someone close to you, I know my hardest loss was my brother for sure. And I really had to go through that process. And that takes like being brave and confronting all of those emotions. And I had to do a lot of like inner work around that and just feel all those feelings, which is really scary. I'm really hard and really sad. And yeah, it takes a lot of bravery. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry that you lost all those people. That's really hard. Thanks. Is your, was your brother your only sibling? No, I have more. Okay, not <laughs> that that's like a, oh, it's just, I was just curious. Right. Like if you were going through that alone, yeah. like as your only sibling or if you had other people that were going through it with you. And I mean, that's a whole yeah. thing, right? Um, no, it definitely helps, you know, to have other siblings that are also going through that and things. And, you know, the, th the thing that's the hardest about that and what I still have to try to be brave for is, for my mom because I know she's still like it's a, I think it's a lot harder if you lose a child versus a sibling and I know she's still going through the grieving process and you know I don't think I'll ever stop grieving my brother's loss but I know that I've come to like a better place so then sometimes you have to be brave for other people too you know and um, hold space for them so mm a lot um did your stepfather and your brother pass from the same thing yeah yeah I mean I know you you mentioned that I was just I making sure I heard that clearly because that's like whoa I, I can't even put it into yeah. words it's and that's your that was your mom's husband uh yes mm-hmm so yeah, she's definitely gone through so much. So I tried as best as I can to, you know, hold space for her because those are huge losses and back to back sort of, you know, just a couple of years apart, essentially, it was just like such a hard hit and for my whole family, you know, and it's like, never we're all now we're all girls left basically on that side. So, you know, we're strong females and all really like fearlessly there for each other, but still doesn't make it any easier. And the family dynamic is like never really 
the same. There's so many memories of it. Yeah. So that experiencing loss is probably some of the biggest lessons that I've had to endure. Um, you know, starting at a fairly young age, like I said, like 18, 17 years old was probably my first, like imagine your best friend that you have like that one best friend and they're just gone one day. So it started kind of young where I had to really face our existence. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's something I think about a lot. Mm. Okay. So in comparison to what you do, um, mm -hmm. there's an interesting contrast there. And I'm sure that you don't see it like that, but it's almost like you're like purposely putting yourself in like harm's way. And yet, well, but yeah, I think like what I feel like you might be getting at or what I'm at least taking from what you're saying is that, um, and it started right at 17 as like this friend of mine passed. Yeah, I remember she passed away and then I started like working really hard at school. She was really studious. Like it's almost like with every loss, I've decided to live my life in a way where I'm sort of like living for them. Um, and I think that is a lot of the reason why I live in such a way where I'm like, okay, let's just go for it. Let's just try it. Let's, travel to that place, move to that place, like start the business or whatever the thing is. And kind of trusting that I'll be okay is um, just like living this earthly life for them. And then also knowing that, you know, I have a lot of angels up there that have my back and everything will be okay. Um, but yeah, I really like, I always think about my brother when I'm going on travels and things like that, and hoping that he can kind of like, I can carry him with me on the journey. So how do you keep your faith? How do you know everything's going to be okay? No, oh, I know. And there's times where you're like in fear, right? Like, oh, I don't have enough like money to do this or whatever. It's like a lot of those types of things like creep up or imposter syndrome or different things. Um, but I think like I look for like signs that really helps me a lot. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to just trust. I know it's like, just trust, but um, I'll also like reflect on times where, you know, the universe did have my back when I tried to do something and be like, okay, like that worked out. And, and when things don't work out in a certain way, just kind of hoping and knowing that you'll be guided into like a different direction. But I've been lucky enough to have a lot of things work out for me that is too coincidental for me to just write off as a coincidence, like so many things back to back. I was like, wow, I'm glad this didn't happen because then that happened or like, wow, how that lined up was like perfect. Um, like starting our business was a huge one because we were doing that in 2020 and like the timing of everything and like how the world shut down and we got in there right before the world shut down. And yeah. So I just try to keep that faith and reflect on those moments. And I'm lucky that I've had those moments, but I think if everybody really like looked and at their lives and took no, and even when bad things happen, like I said, bad things have happened to me, but you know, try your best to look for the times where it didn't work, did work out and you were taken care of. And then I think that if you start to be in that mindset, you know, it's sort of like a mindset of gratitude. Yep. then you keep attracting them. Mm -hmm. That's how it's worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
when did you start kind of, or is it just innately in you, um, like manifesting what you want? Is that something you learned yeah. or does that something was in you? Like I said, I remember I was in a really, really low place. Um, and I stumbled upon literally just like sitting somewhere, the book, the secret. And that was sort of my intro. Um, because like I said, there was just like a lot of death and drug use and things around me. So I was just like in a very low place, um, probably in my early twenties. And, and yeah, I just stumbled upon it. And there are so many other amazing books I would recommend as well, but that one is just such a good intro and it just like resonated with me. So I guess it was like innately in there, but this really reminded me of it. Hmm. And it was just like a very basic, like, okay, here's energy. Energy is what everything's made up of. If you like, a, like attracts like, and so that was kind of my first introduction to it. And then I was like, okay, like, so I need to work on my mindset and different things like that. And that was when it really started to kind of snowball. And there was still a long journey from there, but I remember that really planted the seed for me. What is it that makes you feel free? Well, I definitely would say I feel my freest when I'm in the ocean. And I think that's just because it's so raw and you are never more present anywhere than I think when you're in nature in general, but definitely under the ocean because I can't take my cell phone with me. You know, there's no service under there. Like I'm not checking my emails. I'm not like thinking about the to-do list. You know, you're just very focused in the present moment, like scanning the horizon for wildlife or watching the behavior of this like fish down there. You know, you're just ever present and in the now and that's definitely like a feeling of freedom, you know, when you're just in the moment. So, um, especially with sharks, cause they keep you on your toes. Like you have to be in that moment cause you're watching and like making sure the behavior is not going to change or they're going to get more like assertive and, you know, you're watching your guests and watching the shark and like what's going on. So, um, yeah, the ocean just makes me feel really free. And of course, like you flow and feel weightless. So there's just a physical element as well. It's very meditative. Um, and when you're free diving, you know, you're doing breathe ups and holding your breath and it's like, you're lowering your heart rate so you can hold your breath longer. So the ocean is, is where I definitely recommend to go to feel free. Mm. Lots of people are terrified of the ocean. <laughs> I guess it's not for everybody, but uh what about just water in general? Yeah, water's great. Water's, water's great. great. I definitely started in the swimming pool. <laughs> it's a good element. What do you know to be true? I think there's so many things. <laughs> I think what I know to be true is that there is some good in everyone. I mean, maybe that's not true. I don't know, but like that's what I know to be true. People I feel like are, or maybe it's that, you know, people are born good into the world and the world maybe has its effects on them and this world isn't for everyone. Um, 
And I also know that nature is a really great healer and a great way to get back to that good and get back to grounding and purpose and just feeling that connection. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yes. I've had a couple people have that answer and I just want to like be in your brain for a second because I, there's something in me that like can't get to that. Like for some reason, I, I feel like there are people that aren't good and I, but I feel like I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like evil or something, but I feel like there's not something in there that is good. You can you can name all kinds of people through history, right? But like part of me, yes, thinks that too. And then part of me is just like, but there's so much bad and I don't understand how people go to the levels that they go to, even if they're extremely angry about something like I or want something like I don't yeah. understand the levels of evil that people go to. And for some reason, it's hard for me to get to the there's good in there somewhere. But yeah, I know be. it is hard, especially like in the state of the world now. So I don't know if I I think at like a time I definitely believe that that's why it's still like in my heart. But it's it's definitely been a lot harder, you know, in the recent years and you see bad things happen and I know everything is like polarity and there's good and there's evil and but I don't know. It's like I've I've traveled so many places and no matter where you go, like I've always just been greeted by like friendly faces and smiles and good people and that like I don't understand how the bad things happen. Um and I just want to believe that, you know, something happened to change who they were and like good is still in there. Mm. Maybe I just want to believe it. <laughs> There's a book. I don't know who it's by, but I remember hearing about it on Oprah's podcast. And the book's called What Happened to You? And it's basically <laughs> like instead of saying or thinking like, what's wrong with you? You'd be like, what happened to you? You know, like something happened for that to happen, that reaction, right? Um, so you just made me think of that. Um, yeah, like maybe it's happened. too not like everybody's good or whatever, but it's like maybe it's that we can change. We have seen so many people change and you see, you know, people that like are in prison and had transformations and like even maybe because I experienced it and I've seen other people experience it. Like when I picked up that book, the secret, there was something that changed and maybe it's that it's possible for you to get back to the good. Maybe it's always a choice, you know, like we're choosing to stay stuck in the trauma, the toxicity, whatever it is, or we're choosing to change, do something about it. And it takes a lot of extra work, but you know, then you can go in this direction. So I don't know. But then I'm just like, if you don't learn, then your soul has to probably come back to earth and figure it out another time. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going to get all to all that too. Um, but I feel like we need to talk about the sharks a little bit. Um, yeah. Just a little bit because I do. I love sharks. Um, and also terrified and also just probably all the healthy like fears. Um, and I do on my bucket list is I do. I would like to get in a cage. I want to see a great white shark under the water. Like I just want to see it. What was your first experience that made you want to like delve into more of the shark world? Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you phrased it, healthy fears, because I am never trying to say that these wild animals are like domestic puppy dogs, you know, like everything is a healthy respect. And um, what I tend to see even in the shark diving world um, is like, people that get overly confident, you know, you should always like stay humble to the fact that they're wild animals. It's their domain. It's their home. It's their ocean. They're apex predators. And, you know, just try to continue to let them teach you and yeah, just stay humble to it as best as you possibly can. Um, but my kind of first experiences, I was definitely an adrenaline seeker in my early twenties. Um, way more than now I'm getting older. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do that anymore, but I used to like skydive. I even like jumped out of a plane by myself. Um, like I was getting my free fall, free fall progression certificate and stuff. And, um, yeah, I just love stuff like that. I was cliff jumping all the time. And so when I moved to Hawaii and there's tours to take you to swim with sharks, it was like a no brainer for me. I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And for me, I expected it to be like a huge adrenaline rush. And of course, the first time that I was going in to like purposely dive with sharks, my like heart rate was going, but still that adrenaline side to me, I was the first one in the water, you know, behind the guide. And I was like, let's go. And when I got in, the behavior of the shark was not what I anticipated it to be. And it was just beautiful and swimming around like almost any other fish where they're just, you know, they are aware of you and checking you out, but they're just doing their own thing. Um, and like how their bodies move is really beautiful and stuff. So it's kind of just mesmerizing and peaceful. And suddenly like any adrenaline or fear I had was like, gone um and yeah i was kind of like addicted since then and don't get me wrong like there have been those moments where the sharks keep me on my toes and like i said wild animals apex predators um there are those moments that they get more assertive more dominant more confident and really keep me on my toes uh, i love them for that too you know most of the time 90 percent of the time they are just doing their own thing and really beautiful and graceful and peaceful in the water. And then when they fire it up, you know, I like that behavior too, because that's just them being a predator. That is their role in the ecosystem to, you know, help balance everything below them in the food web. So they need to be predators too. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fell in love with them and they're really misunderstood and there's such like a, yeah, misunderstanding and fear around them that is 
there should be a healthy fear, like you said, but there's also an irrational fear. And so I just kind of became addicted to wanting to help dispel that fear. Mm. Thank, thank you for that. We need that. Um, so, okay, let's back up. What's the sketchiest thing that's happened? Yeah, I've had, um, especially this last season too, we're swimming with sharks and swimming with tiger sharks. And a lot of times like tiger sharks are really shy, cautious animals. Um, and then, but they're really big and they're capable of doing a lot of damage, you know? So you really need to like go with guides that are experienced and, you know, wear your mask, wear your fins, like behave how you're supposed to behave. Don't splash, flail around, like stay calm, you know, give them lots of eye contact. Like all of those things are really important. Um, but yeah, I've had like tigers that come up and, you know, what should be like a normal, just maybe redirect them away. Um, they're like coming up and chomping their mouths. And in Mexico this last year, I had a couple Mako sharks like biting my camera as I'm holding on to it. And, you know, all of that, obviously sounds terrifying, but, um, me also knowing kind of like how to behave helps a ton, just having a lot of that experience. And then also knowing the reasons why behind why they may be doing that. It's like the camera's giving off electricity and they have this sixth sense that they can pick up electricity in the water with their ample eye of Lorenzini, these little jelly filled pores around their face. And, they're feeling that and they're like, okay, they don't have hands. So they need to put things in their mouth, almost like a toddler. Yeah. Or dog. Uh, Yes, exactly. A Mako shark is like a shark on zoomies. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they're just like so fast and like putting everything in their mouth. And yeah. So like, obviously the most scary moments would be ones where a shark is using its mouth. You know, that's going to be the scariest thing. Um, luckily I have not been bit not to say that, you know, that couldn't happen. Like I'm putting myself in the water with them all the time and I'm a human and could make a judgment error at any time. Um, but the fact that I've done those thousands of shark dives and haven't, I think is just a better, you know, testament to the animals and their awareness that we are not their normal diet and food source. So I think that's, hopefully proves that if anything Mm. have you ever is that picture behind you what kind of shark is that looks like oh yeah that is a great white um like a 20 foot great white that i got to see off the coast of oahu in 2019 and that was really special because great whites come to white but they're very very rare for anyone to get to see um because they're Generally, the water's quite warm for them. So during the day, a lot of the time, they are staying deeper in the water where it's colder. Um, On this instance, we did find a dead whale carcass. So she came, she had a good incentive to come up um, and actually only was up like in the early morning hours and it got too hot, went down, came up again around sunset. So really cool to like get to see all that behavior. And then she was probably feeding throughout the night. Um, so yeah, like got to be in the water and see a shark eating a dead whale was crazy. And yeah, talk about probably the most peaceful shark encounter of my life and probably will ever have. Um, I know that swimming with the great white sounds terrifying and I definitely would not recommend it. 
Um, but this instance, it was a very mature, great white, full size. You know, she's been around for a long time. She ate so much. Like she would not kind of waste her time chasing around the bony humans that are, you know, not going to give her any nutrients or anything when she's got this whole dead whale to just gorge on. Mm. There was actually um, some dolphins there as well. And they're like rubbing on her nose like they do with whales, like swimming in front of her. So it was just a mind blowing experience and nobody felt threatened by her. Like she would come up, you know, and just graze the side of us, which was really, it was like, she was checking us out and curious, but just would go back to her whale and eat the whale. Yeah. It was just so cool. Um, I mean, the picture behind you, because people aren't going to be able to see it, it yeah, literally it looks like Kaylee is swimming in the middle of the ocean with nothing around except for her and this great white shark. Are you touching the shark? You probably can't even say if you are or not. Yeah. To be honest, like with the ocean, you really should not touch anything in the ocean unless it's for your safety. Right. Uh, and so you will see videos where I'm like pushing the sharks away. They're literally coming right up to us and we just kind of guide them in the other direction. Uh, so that's sort of what was happening here. But just to like clarify that. For context, she, like you're yeah. right next to her. Or I was dwarfed by her, however that phrase goes. <laughs> but my legs, like if you see the photo a little clearer, are like the length of her gills. So oh it's just gosh. mind blowing. Yeah, it's like such a huge animal. Um, and the fact and that like you're his, not in a cage and you're just free diet, like yeah. you just don't see that. Well, this was my first great white ever. So I kind of was just like, all right, we're going for it. But <laughs> like I said, when, there are so many other great whites, more like juvenile that are still figuring out what their diet is and behavior and maybe haven't seen humans before and um, just are known as they're sexually maturing to be, you know, potentially more assertive. Um, so there are so many other sharks, great white sharks where getting in the water with them would not be safe. It would not be okay. I was just recently in New Zealand this last year, also doing the great white shark in a cage. And I was super happy to be in the cage. Like either way you get to see them in the water is totally like you were saying, you want to do it. You have to do it. They're just so impressive. They're so like massive and just, it's something you got to see. So yeah, it's just, I always recommend like the cage. There's really no company in the world that will take you outside of the cage with a great white, just out of respect. I wouldn't ever be doing that anyway, but yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) But yeah, do the cage. It's super fun. Yeah. I looked it up. It's just, there's only, there's only so many places in the world you can do it. So yeah, I definitely recommend New Zealand. Um, I know South Africa, they've been having a little bit um, of a difficult time getting the great whites. I think a lot of the orca have actually been killing and eating the great whites. And to my knowledge, the great whites will release a stress hormone when they're killed, which the other sharks in the area will smell that and take off. Um, So I know it's been like a little bit of a struggle, but I've heard great things about Australia And I was able to do it in New Zealand, which I also recommend. Um, I think either of those places, really anywhere that you go for great whites, the weather is going to be a tricky factor because like we're so, we were so South, we were like down there on the tip of New Zealand, like not far from, you know, Antarctica at that point. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's just like the elements, you know, can be pretty rough. The weather, the wind, the water. Um, we got lucky, but yeah, that can be a little bit tricky. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? I, <laughs> I've had like spiritual experiences, but not paranormal. And I'm honestly like grateful for that because I, I don't want to see like a spirit. I don't, you know, I don't need to, some people I believe in like mediums and all that stuff. When my brother passed away, I actually had like a call with the medium and she told me stuff that only he could know. And I was like, okay, like his energy is still with us, but I don't want to see him. Mm. Well, I mean, you like the manifesting and the secret, that's a little bit paranormal because you had the experience where all the things lined up and you were like, it's beyond coincidence. So yeah, I've definitely had those like spiritual experiences. I guess when I think paranormal, I think of ghosts. Oh yes, me too. But I just wanted to like, (laughs) I don't know, reintroduce the magic into what has happened in your life that maybe is a little paranormal to someone. Yeah. But but you've never seen a ghost. You've never (laughs) had premonitions about something. Um, All right. I've just like mainly been like divinely guided to certain places and situations and time frames that worked out, you know? Mm. Oh, I love that. Divinely guided. So who's divinely guiding you? Do you believe, and this is like a loaded label, but do you believe in God? Do you believe in just the universal energy and the collective? Like what is your... Yeah, I think I'm more like universal energy collective. Like I have no problem with the word God and I'll even say it, but I just don't think my definition of it is exactly the same. Like I feel like there's God within all of us Mm. and that it is like all encompassing, but I don't think it's like the guy in the sky with the white beard. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. What about, okay. The ocean is super weird and we haven't even explored like most of the ocean or something crazy. What are your thoughts on, I'm getting a little out there, but I just, I'm curious about all the things. Um, what do you think about there being like aliens or UFOs? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've, I feel like a friend of mine said like he saw something on a um, submarine, but um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely believe in aliens, so I'd imagine they can go in space. They can go in the ocean and there's probably like portals to get places different places. I don't do like a ton of digging into that stuff because I'm just like, I don't know, but I feel like I'm really, really open-minded where I'm just like, Oh, that's possible. That's possible. That's possible. Like anything's possible unless I'm shown otherwise, I, I guess, but I definitely believe in aliens and there's like a lot, they, a lot of people on big Island have seen like crafts and stuff like that. I haven't seen anything like that, but, um, I'm, down for it. <laughs> yeah. Hawaii is so magical, but there's a lot of like folklore and like legends and see, Oh yeah. See it's stuff. it's definitely like that. And there's a lot of people here that believe in stuff like that too. And there's actually a tour. I've been wanting to do it with my friends. It's just like a fun girls night like whatever happens, like just to try it. But there's apparently like 
somebody up in Waikoloa area that will take you on a tour to go like look for alien like spacecrafts like you go up probably Mauna Kea or something like that mm. and then I know in Puna where there's a lot of like interesting characters down there um good and bad and all yeah. the things in between but um they have somewhere over there somebody made like a spacecraft landing zone I don't know if anything's ever landed there or what's happened but you can look it up online it's like it's funny. You I'm totally going to look it up now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even realize all those things existed. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you come to Hawaii, cool. go on the spacecraft tour. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. And I'm also going to call you and be like, take me to all these places. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I know. I mean, if you see something like an octopus, you're kind of like, that's an alien. Like, <laughs> you know. That's like talked about on like ancient alien shows. They talk about octopus being alien because they're like not of anything else yeah and they're like so smart and their abilities are like yeah i don't know they're pretty trippy they're they're pretty cool so yeah i don't know stuff that exists why not right before i let you go two things um what what is a simple piece of advice that you can give people about what they can do every day that they might not even think about that can help with the oceans oh perfect um really easy one give up the single-use plastic bottles um get like a hydro flask as can see if mine was in reach but yeah get a hydro flask just reuse that whenever i go back to the mainland like i cringe at how many plastic water bottles people have like in their fridges at home and I read something too, where the water in those isn't even as regulated as like our tap needs to be. There's like regulations in your tap water um, to make sure that it's like safe for humans. And there's like not even as many regulations in bottled water. Also, like if there's any heat, like even if you leave it in your car, it's leaching plastic. You're like consuming those chemicals. Um, It's just so wasteful. And like, in America, especially, we're in a position where we have the ability and the convenience to cut out some of those things. Like, obviously, there's places we were just in Belize and we had to buy plastic water bottles. Like, I don't like to do that. And some, you know, other countries, they don't have the ability to have the fresh drinking water. Like, we have that and you can buy a filtration system. We have so many conveniences. So cutting out any type of single-use plastic definitely water bottles, like keep the reusable bags in your car. It's once you're in the habit, it's like very easy. And yeah, that's just like a little thing that you could do every day that over time makes a really big difference. I mean, if you buy a case of plastic water bottles per week, like think of that in just a couple months in one year, how much you'll save. Right. Yes. Good advice. Good advice. Second thing, um, how can we bring awareness to the drug and opioid epidemic? I think in the area where I'm from, it really started with opiates. And we've all heard how like the pharmaceutical industry was really over prescribing opiates for various things. And opiates and other drugs are just extremely addictive. So like my recommendation is always not to start that, obviously. I mean, it sounds simple, but maybe if people knew that it literally chemically changes your brain. And if you get started 
on that, like you become de- so dependent on it. It's really hard to get off things like that. Um, not only that, like something that is a real issue in America today as a whole is fentanyl is being put into drugs, like even even drugs that you wouldn't imagine like an opiate or like downer type of drug should be in like even cocaine, you know, I know cocaine is pretty big on in the mainland US like people are doing it on the weekends, parties, weddings, things like that. Um, Fentanyl could end up in that drug. And it's such a minute amount that will take your life. So it's just not a time to do street recreational drugs. I feel like that age where it was kind of safer to do that. Like when I was in high school and you're experimenting and different things, like I just don't feel like that is the case anymore. It's become like extremely deadly and it's not worth something to lose your life over. Um, So just that awareness in itself, it's like not a time to do recreational drugs. It takes like less than a, like a little speck to take your life. Um, and I also recommend if if people can, you know, if you don't want to take that advice and you are experimenting or doing things like that, always have Narcan with you or make sure your friends have Narcan with you. It's just like a shot of like adrenaline or something that will combat the effects of an overdose. So it could save your life or somebody else's. I think everybody these days should like have one in their car or their purse or house, you know, because mm, yeah. you never know. It's a sad yeah. reality. Thank you again just so much for being here, sharing a bit of your life with me and my listeners. And um, yeah, this is just great. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really great time and a really great combo. And we'll definitely keep in touch. I love like the alignment. It's it's oh. spot on. Yes, yeah, and. Um, Anybody else out there wants to come find me in Hawaii, you can find us at KaimanaOceanSafari.com or my all my social media handles are mermaid.kaylee. Thank you. You did it for me. <laughs> I was going to say, where can we find you, Kaylee? So there I've you done go. A- <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, thanks again. Have an awesome day. And I'll say mahalo one more time because anytime I go to Hawaii, my husband just says mahalo to everyone about everything. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, mahalo for having me. All right. Bye, Kaylee. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. That was awesome. (laughs) I'm just geeking out a little bit. So don't mind me. But thanks again, Kaylee. That was fabulous. And I hope everyone goes and checks her out. Um, As she said, you can find her on Instagram at mermaid.kaylee and on all her other platforms. And I will be putting all her links down below in the show notes so that you can easily find them and click on them there. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.